tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And yesterday I opened the show and I was obviously not happy. Um, my One of my kids is in the Elkhart Community School District and I was not happy about how the Elkhart Community School District conducted themselves. I'm sickened that there is a 12-year-old child who is not with us anymore and that she was not helped by the people in the school district who knew that she was being bullied and tormented while she was dealing with this medical issue. And, and I was very, very frustrated by that. Now, yesterday was my anger and my disappointment kind of boiling over. Today, I want to take a different approach. I want to bring a professional on. Marla Gadette is with us. She's a mental health professional. Um, she has worked on cases like this for quite some time. Marla, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, you were you were aware of the situation with Rio, um, and you had reached out to the family, but unfortunately, if I understand correctly, um, it, it didn't, they weren't able to get back to you in time. And now I know that you and your husband were at the, the candlelight vigil um, but I mean, tell us a little bit about what you know, and and then we'll go into kind of what other people can do in dealing with this situation and how this should probably be handled if anybody runs into it in their own life. Well, actually, I had heard about the situation and I was not aware that it was real until I arrived at the vigil. Got you. So once I got there and realized, oh my goodness, this is this is my family, people. Um, it was even more devastating. And um, to know that she was 12 years old, she had a medical condition, and that her family had taken opportunity to uh, educate the staff, it appears like teachers, you know, counselors, hey, this is what she has, this is what's going on. And then when the bullying started to say, hey, uh, can we get the parents of these bullies involved and maybe we can have a conversation, Uh, she's being tormented, she's being harassed, people are removing her wig from her head, Uh, she's being slapped on her head people actually physically touching her. And um, I don't personally know what happened past that point, so I can't speak to that. I do know that uh, Rio is dead. Now, her mom, I, I saw the interview on WNDU, and her mom, who is, you know, for her, I mean, this is, we were talking about this in the building today. For her, she's in a point now where I don't think that she's had an opportunity to grieve yet. And she's no. angry, and rightfully so, and she's furious, and she's shocked. And, you know, she said on, on the news that we didn't hear anything back from the school when we were trying to get the school to intervene with the parents of these other students. And That's what I was told as well. Yeah, I, I, and what I, you know, just some of the whispers that I've heard from people who are in the system that not only was the mom making everybody aware of what was happening, but that this was well-known amongst the faculty anyway, that they saw it and they chose not to intervene. And that's what really upset me yesterday when I started talking about this, because we knew that something was going on, because something was happening with the counselor at my daughter's school, and but we didn't understand what was actually happening until the story broke and they issued their public statement. So I mean, I, 
how does how does a parent like Rio's mom how do how do they move forward now with this? And I know that the funeral is here soon, but how do they move forward with this anger and this rage? And she said the mama bear is coming out in me because she tried to get help for her kid, but she didn't get any support from the school system. So first of all, she is going to be in the natural anger stage of grief anyway, Okay. whether this was to happen or not. Anger is a stage of grief. So that's natural. She now has to deal with the complexity of what's natural and then now what the system has added on top of that. The rage that this woman is going to go through, I could not even imagine. And so at this point, I would say it's going to be necessary for people to uh, rally around her to help her to be in a more logical state so that she can take the appropriate precautions to not be emotional and so that she can handle things according to the policy and procedure of the bullying uh, handbook, uh, the bullying policy, I mean, in the uh, handbook and that she can handle things according to the intimidation laws that are um, there for bullying, according to the state of Indiana. So there are a lot of legal things that have to happen now, and there are a lot of things that have to happen according to policy and procedure with the school district. But she's going to have to have people to help support her through the logical process. Because right now that rage will just run her emotionally. So when parents hear about this story, and I'm shaking right now, just thinking about it mm-hmm. again. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When parents hear about this, and then in my 16 years of doing this, I have seen this play out over and over and over again at public schools. So a parent is out there, they're thinking, hey, my kid is with people who are going to they're gonna see this when I can't. They're going to intervene when I can't. Uh, but that didn't happen here, and it hasn't happened a lot. So what are parents supposed to do if they get into a situation where they suspect their child is being bullied or their child is being bullied and they know it? Obviously, going to the school is not always enough. What are some of the other steps that parents can do? How should they approach this if this is happening to them? You know what's sad, Casey, is this morning I woke up with an inbox full of parents saying, I'm scared my kid's going to be next. I was horrified with parents, a particular parent saying, Marla, my child's in Epworth right now, this very moment, because they attempted suicide because of bullying at their school, multiple attempts I've made to get help. Rio is my child. This is, this is now a, a, a catalyst of what I said on the news the other day, get ready, people, get ready. See, what's going on, Casey, is folks don't believe until it's their kid. So while you're walking around with your eyes closed and people are saying things like, oh, we just beat the bully up when we were kids, Mm -hmm. or, you know, bullying builds character. Well, this isn't 1920 or whenever you were born. 
And if it was if it was 1950, 60, 70, I don't care. It's 2022, and we have children bullying other children, putting their hands on children, intimidating, which is a felony. Your children are are are, are completing felonies. You need to know that, and you're responsible. So what needs to happen, Casey, is parents need to be made aware that bullying is a crime. And when they see it happening, they need to say something. They need to report it as they would report any other crime. And when you know that your child is a bully, and trust me, you know it, you know your child, you need to get with your kid and get them some counseling and get them some professional help to find out what level of rage is causing them to brutalize another human being because they are going to be held accountable for what they have done to another person. And you as a parent are going to be held accountable for your child's actions. There are many reports going on. You can look in New York. You can look in Ohio. These law enforcement agencies and these judges, they're not playing anymore, Casey. They are charging these parents with the outcomes of what their children are doing. This is enough. We can't have children killing themselves because other people's parents won't hold their children accountable or school districts say, I didn't see it yet. They're on the camera. I don't, I don't understand how you can't see someone get a wig snatched off their head multiple times. Yeah. And we, I, I don't and, understand and how we you know, can't see that. We, we know in this case with Rio, we know that faculty saw it. And, and I'm, I am extremely confident in that based on what I've been told from people who are there. Now, the other aspect of it. So you mentioned treat it like a crime. Don't just go to the school. Go to law enforcement. Report it. Get law enforcement it's involved. It yeah. is a crime. Yeah. So get law enforcement involved. The, the other thing that I, I would like to ask you, because again, this is this is your profession and it's been a while since I've been in school, but are schools getting to a point now where they've been handed some kind of a anti bullying packet, they're going through the motions, they're doing it, and then they're like, We did our thing, check mark, we're done. And then not really addressing the situation beyond that. So what I see is if the parent does not know that there's a bullying policy and if the parent doesn't follow through, then the school sometimes will not follow through. I'll say that. Okay. Where I have dealt with is the parent is not vicious in their follow through nothing's really going to happen. It is on the parent to get that in writing, follow through, follow through, follow through. Um, What happens is parents don't know all of the school's laws and the, the state, the Indiana State Department of Education laws. We don't know all of that. And we expect that the school system will tell us. That's what we expect because we're not teachers. We're not educators. We're not the administrators. We don't know this because that's not our field. So we expect that the people who know are telling us. 
And so we just do what they say. And so when that doesn't happen, I see parents saying, well, they told me to do this. I did that. Well, that typically isn't enough. So it is up to the parent to do the research and to get an advocate. It is up to the parent to read that handbook. It's up to the parent to report to the Department of Education, bypass the superintendent in whatever school district. It is up to you to go to the Indiana Department of Education and file a written. I, I get so tired, Casey, of parents telling me what somebody said. Mm-hmm. Well, they said, I don't care what they said. Get in writing what that handbook and what that policy says, and you find where that was a violation. If they didn't do what their own policy said, then you need to be reporting that to the state. Are there resources? It has to be done that way. Are, are there resources beyond what you've already mentioned with, you know, obviously, you know, parents getting that official policy going to the state? Are there resources that could help people who might be dealing with this right now that you can direct them to? Okay, so InSource in our area takes care when there are children with special needs already documented. In this situation, uh, Rio did not have her special need documented. And what I mean by that is... um, Again, parents don't oftentimes know that a medical condition can fall under a classification as what we call OHI, otherwise health impaired. So when you have a child that now has a condition, well, that needs to be written in a way that they can fall under the IDA, um, under special services where now they can be classified and then they could get these special services and, and get other things. Um, again, I don't know enough about the case to see how sure. far they got into that. So I can't speak intelligently about that. Well, but in Rio's case, parents, I mean, Rio's case too, just for the audience parents, in, in Rio's case, this happened very fast. Um, exactly. Know, so it's, and, and yeah. for other parents who, you know, your child has, um, alopecia, or they have some type of medical condition that's going to uh, cause them to maybe look different or react different in school, you need to get them uh, set up to be under special services so then that now they are under a protected group, okay. and then they will receive services accordingly. You, right. you can do that. That's right. legal. And if anything is not followed, then that's against the law, and you go through the protocol, and the school will be handled accordingly to the state policies. Well, you've been... It's so much language to it, Casey. I know. And parents just don't know. Well, pre-COVID, we... we, the school's not going to tell you. Pre-COVID, we learned that, that parents were not involved enough in the curriculum what their student has and more parents are being involved in that the same goes for the emotional aspect, the interactions between students and things like that. So parents can't ignore that part oh. either. It's not just the curriculum. Parents it's do not everything else. Get, yeah. Parents do not get the social emotional 
uh, learning qualifications and all of the skills and stuff that should be going on in the school. They don't get that information. No, right. not at all. Marla, thank you so much for your time today. I know that this is um, this is a heavy one, and you've been very busy because of it, but we appreciate you taking the time to inform the audience and help them out. Thank you for that. Thank you, and I appreciate you speaking out and being a voice for those who are not being heard. All right. Marla, you have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.